God willing, there's a little question I'm going to ask you on the first Sunday of each month, the morning and evening services. And the question is this. It won't vary at all. How did you get on during the month of January? About asking someone to come to church with you. Now, in March, I'll be asking how you got on in February. Now, I wonder, do you come to church alone? Come as a family, it's great to see you. But I wonder, do you have unsafe friends or neighbors? And they don't go anywhere. Now, I wonder, will you do your best to get them to the services during this month? How have you got on during the past month? Now let's read together from 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 9 to 12. Last week we looked at the importance of the Bible. This morning we are going to look at information about the believers. Threefold information found in the verses we are going to read together. Chapter 2 of 1 Peter, verses 9 to 12. But ye are the chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Now in those two verses, we have their blessings, the blessings of the people of God. Now in verse 11, we have the battle of the people of God. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which ward against the soul. When we come to verse 12, we have the behavior of the believer. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold and glorify God in the day of visitation. Information about the believer or the Christians, their blessings, their battle, and their behavior. This is not to say there is not a word for the unsaved. Of course there is in these verses as well. But the blessings of the people of God are found in verse 9, and they're fivefold. And as we look at them, I want you to keep in mind the importance of one thing, that when the apostle Peter was speaking to the people of his day, he always, or nearly always, referred to the Old Testament 
And in this verse, he refers to the Old Testament, the children of Israel, how that they were the people of God. But now in the New Testament, there's a new people of God. And he seeks to point out truths from the experience of the people in the Old Testament in order that the people of God in the New Testament might learn things. Now, first of all, we read a chosen generation. Israel in the Old Testament were a chosen people with earthly blessings. And every blessing that God had for Israel had to do with the earth. For God led them out of Egypt into Canaan, the land of promise. Now the blessing of being led into Canaan and out of Egypt was not something that Israel deserved or earned. It wasn't because they were something special that God set his love upon them to make them his people. Because the father of the nation, Abraham, was an idolater, and God called him to leave his idolatry. The father of the twelve tribes of Israel, Jacob himself, was one of the worst scoundrels who ever lived. Yet God dealt with them. So Israel weren't picked because they were special. They were picked because God set his love and his mercy upon them. They didn't deserve it, but God had bestowed upon them. Now Christians are a chosen people with heavenly blessings. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, the Christian did not deserve to be chosen. The Christian before conversion was a guilty, hell-deserving sinner to whom God extended his love. And remember, God extended his love to the whole world. And we, everyone, have the opportunity of responding to that love. There are none excluded, all are included. And it's only when a person receives Christ that they can truly speak about the chosen of God, the elect of God, but all have the opportunity of becoming that. We don't earn it, we don't deserve it. Titus 3 verse 5, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. And even verse 10 of the chapter we have read, Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. 
And Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that none of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works that any man should boast. Israel, a chosen people according to the mercy of God. Christians are the chosen people of God according to his abundant mercy. The second thing we have in this verse reminds us that Israel were a worshipping people. And the children of God today are worshipping people because we read about a royal priesthood, a priesthood far removed from the priesthood that we hear associated with the Church of Rome. That is a priesthood from hell itself. The priesthood of believers in the New Testament is from God. And every Christian belongs to the priesthood. Now, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel offered material sacrifices to God. They came with their offerings and were accepted. In the tabernacle, in the temple, they offered sacrifices to God. But when Christ came, the sacrifices ceased. He was the one perfect offering for sin. The Old Testament sacrifices were set aside forever. And the people of God, they offer spiritual sacrifices. The sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of prayer the sacrifice of service and the sacrifice of surrender because in Romans 12 verse 1 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercy of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and so the children of God their sacrifices are spiritual of praise, of prayer, of service, and surrender. Israel, a worshiping people, offering material sacrifices. Now, if there is a nurse in the church at all, I wonder could they make, could she make her way to the vestibule there's someone not feeling just too well or anyone who can give help just down to the vestibule thank you so Israel a chosen people with earthly blessings the people of God heavenly blessings Israel a worshipping people offering material sacrifices the Christians are worshipping people offering spiritual sacrifices. But Israel were a people who were separated from the sinful nations around them. And the people of God, according to this verse, are an holy nation. 
The reason why Israel were separated, they were separated from the nations around them was this. First of all, the nations around them practiced idolatry. And God said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. The nations around them practiced immorality. And God said, You've got to be clean. And the people around them sought to influence Israel to turn away from God. So God called his people to be separated from their idolatry, from their immorality, and from their influence. And when Israel separated themselves, this is how people knew they were separated. Numbers 15, verse 38. The children of Israel had to wear a fringe of blue around their garments. And as they walked through the wilderness, they wore the fringe of blue. And the nations could say, there go the children of God. The fringe of blue marked them out from the heathen nations around them. Christians are called to be separated from the world. To be different from the world. And when we speak about the world, we speak about that system that is opposed to the word, the work, the will of God. So when a child of God is confronted with something, that is opposed to the word, the work, the will of God, then the child of God has to be separated from it. Romans 12, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The believer is not to be molded by the world, but to be conformed or molded to the image of Christ. And yet often, the believer finds himself and herself being molded by the world. And the young lady came to her pastor and said to her pastor, there's a young man who's interested in me. He's invited me along to a dance. Should I go? And the pastor said to her, Look, the dance floor, the dance hall is no place for a young Christian. My advice is don't go. But she was smitten by the young man and said to her pastor, Look, I'll witness to him when we're dancing. And so the dance came, and they were dancing around the dance floor. And the young woman said to the young man who had invited her out on this their first date, the young woman said, Are you a Christian? He said, No. She said, Well, I am one. And he looked at her and he said, What are you doing here? Ah, you see, no influence. And a man who felt 
a Christian man holding office in church sought to witness to the people in his work. And one day, one of his colleagues was passing this club and looked in and there was this Christian pillar of the church. This believer who spoke so much to them, there he's sitting away in the corner, quietly drinking. And there he was imbibing the alcohol. And this man stopped and went in went right to the corner where the believer thought no one saw him and said, and what are you doing here? Christian, be very careful you're not molded by the world. You're called to separation. And if you're not separated, the unsaved will be the first to tell you about it. But you'll find also in this verse, we read about a peculiar people. Now, Israel, they were a peculiar people. And I want to explain that word. I know that some folk feel that Christians are peculiar. I know that. And they would say they're the oddest beings on earth. I know that. But the word peculiar doesn't mean in that sense. You know what the word peculiar means here? It means a thing of value. A thing of value. And Israel were a thing of value to the Lord in the Old Testament. Do you know why? Because God had brought them out of Egypt by the shed blood of the Lamb. Brought from bondage. Purchased by blood. Oh, they were precious to God because of the blood. And the child of God is precious to God because of the blood of Christ. Chapter 1, verses 18, 19. Ye are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. God has bought us out of the slave market of sin. He has purchased us by the sacrifice of his son in Calvary. That's what we're, why we are precious to him. Because of the preciousness of the blood and the preciousness of the one who shed it. And we'll always be precious to him. For the blood shall never lose its power. That's why we're precious to God today. Because we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We're His for eternity. And I visited a dear saint of God in the hospital not so long ago. And in her illness and age, she was having a few doubts about her soul's salvation. The devil was getting at her in her weakness. And she told me about it. And I tried to comfort her. And then she came up with the answer herself. And she said, Mr. Thompson, the Lord bought me, didn't he? Didn't he? He bought me with precious blood. He'll hardly sell me to anyone else, will he? He'll never sell us to anyone else. 
were precious to him. And if you're a child of God today, you're precious because of blood. But Israel were called to be a grateful people because of the blessings God had bestowed. And this is what the people of God are called to be. To show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you read in the book of Exodus chapter 15 verses 1 to 2. How that Israel when they come out of Egypt they sang unto the Lord for his deliverance. They showed forth the praises of God who had delivered them. And the people of God are called upon to testify to the blessings God has bestowed upon them. The blessing of salvation. The blessing of peace with God. The blessing of justification by faith. The blessing of having God as their Father, heaven as their home. The Bible as their textbook. Oh, so many blessings. And yet many Christians don't talk about them. There was one little man. And he told someone on one occasion how he had walked to the field on the twelfth day. I didn't know you were an orange man. I'm not. How did you march? Well, he said, I marched with one of the bands. I didn't know you were in a band. didn't know you could play an instrument. He said, I can't. What were you marching then for? Well, you see, there's this flute band, and they were a few fluters short. And they asked me, would I carry a flute? And I walked with them all the way to the field, and I never played a note. A dummy fluter. And you know, the people of God are marching to heaven. And there are some of God's people, and they never play a note. They never give a word of testimony. They never share their faith with others. Child of God, you're not called to be a dummy fluter. You're called to show forth the praises of God who has redeemed you by blood. Ah, their blessings. And quickly in verse 11, their battle. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which ward against the soul. Total abstainers. Now the devil and the world and the flesh are the threefold enemy of the believer. The devil attacks the believer. The world attacks the believer. But the believer's greatest enemy at times is the believer's old sinful nature. That's the flesh. When a person gets saved, God gives him a new nature. But the old nature remains until the Lord comes when the Lord will remove the old nature as well. And that's the battle that Christians have. Because you will find this, that the old nature wants its own way. To take us away from the things of God... To live for number one. Satisfy number one. And very often that's why the man who has been delivered from drink goes back to it again. Because they've lost the battle. But the old nature. 
That's why the man who has lived the unclean life and is delivered goes back to it again because he has lost the battle of the old nature. But listen, the word of God is very clear that it's not just the alcohol or these other things that we see openly, but you'll find the old nature rears his head in different ways in jealousy. When there's strife among God's people, when the people of God fall out with each other, when there's bitterness, when there's hard words spoken, these are all products of the old nature as much as the man who goes back to the drink. These are as much the old nature as the man who even commits adultery. Never think that the sin of bitterness, the sin of strife, the sin of backbiting are any less offensive to the sight of God than these other things. We have got to do battle with the old nature. We have got to ask the Savior to help us to overcome in the day of battle. And then finally, their behavior having your conversation or manner of living honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, the Christian so lives that when God moves in a congregation or among a group of his people were unsaved are, the unsaved will so look at the life of the believer and see Christ in the life that they want to be saved as well. In other words, Peter is saying, back up your beliefs with your behavior. You can talk all day if you want, but if you're not living, it's not going to be of any effect. You've got the witness, but you've got to live. And if you live right, God will bless your testimony and others will be saved. Not merely in the words you say, not only in your deeds confessed, but in the most unconscious way is Christ expressed. For me it was not the truth you taught, to you so clear, to me so dim. But when you came to me you brought a sense of him. And from your eyes he beckons me, and from your heart his love is shed, till I lose sight of you and see the Christ instead. Let us pray. Our Father, we do thank thee for the blessings of the believer. Help us to praise thee for them, Help us to realize that we're in a battle against the old nature. Give us victory. Oh, let our behavior be of such a high standard that others will see Christ in us and be attracted to him. To thy name be the glory. Amen.